0: Thank you for coming in to today's podcast. We're going to be reading a few of our daily readings that I enjoy very much. I like today's reading on the daily reflection. It says, when the chips are down for December the 6th. Let's go ahead and pray the serenity prayer, please. God. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Daily Reflections. When the chips are down. This is out of 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 116. When we develop still more, we discover the best possible source of emotional stability to be God Himself. We found that dependence upon His perfect justice, forgiveness, and love was healthy and that it would work where now nothing else would. If we really depend upon God, we couldn't very well play God. God to our fellows, nor will we feel the urge wholly to rely on human protection and care. It has been my experience that when all human resources appear to have to failed, there is always one who will never desert me. Moreover, He is always there to share my joy, to steer me down the right path, and to confide in when no one else will do. While my well-being and happiness can be added to or diminished by human efforts, only God can provide the loving nourishment upon which I depend for my daily spiritual health. It has been my experience that when all human resources appear to have failed, there is always one who will never desert me. Moreover, he is always there to share my joy, to steer me down the right path, and to confine in when no one else will do. While my well-being and happiness can be added to or diminished by human efforts, only God can provide the loving nourishment upon which I depend for my daily spiritual health. One of the beauties about this is thanking God for our situations, our mishaps, and the people around us that that don't want us to be happy, joyous, and free. If we're thankful for them, then God gives us a shield of love, of wisdom, understanding, um, endorphins. He just fixes us up pretty cool. All right? Uh, that's been my experience. So we're going to go ahead and move over to today's daily reflection. It says uh, December the 6th, excuse me, the 12th and 12th, A.A. Thought for the Day, the little 24-hour book. (laughs) People who have had a slip are ashamed of themselves, sometimes so ashamed that they fear to go back to A.A., They develop the old inferiority complex and tell themselves that they are no good, that they have let down their friends in AA, that they are hopeless, and and that they can never make it. This state of mind is perhaps worse than it was originally. They have probably been somewhat weakened by their slip, but their AA training cannot ever be entirely lost. They always know they can go back if they want to. They know there is still God's help for them if they will again ask for it. Do I believe that I can never entirely lose what I have learned in AA? Meditation for the Day Nobody entirely escapes temptation. You must expect it and be ready for it when it comes. None of us are entirely safe. You must try to keep your defense up by daily thought and prayer. That is why we have these daily meditations. You must be able to recognize temptation when it comes. The first step towards conquering temptations always is to see it clearly as temptation and not to harbor it in your mind. Dissociate yourself from it. Put it out of your mind as soon as it appears. Do not think of excuses for yielding to it. Turn at once to the higher power for help. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may be prepared for whatever temptation may come to me. I pray that I may see it clearly and avoid it with God's help. One of the things is I had a slip. I came to the meeting early in the 80s, sent by the courts. I got all the whistles and bells. I got better. It went well for me. I bought a house, all kinds of stuff. And then I got so busy in real estate that I stopped coming to meetings. I moved. I didn't get myself a family group where I can be entertained. Oh, yeah, I pop in, in and out once in a while and talk about it. But I lasted about eight years before I went to a, a wedding. And I, I toasted. And then I started slipping on drinking again. And there I go running for five years. And I always wondered why it took so long. I I blame God to get me back. Isn't it amazing? The reeling of the mind and emotions and not being able to pay bills and having problems with uh, uh, repossessions and just not having enough literature in my head to run my life with. I did not have enough literature. It was not working for me. So what I did uh, through a friend, I came back and started my journey in 1994 all over again. Now I just accomplished 28 years. The bills are paid. There's food on the table. All is well. There's nothing missing, nothing broken. God has done for me what I could not do for myself. Pretty cool, huh? He can do the same to you. If anybody will take them and go to the twelve-step program, because it's a, a no thrills for the individual, only uh, solutions and common sense. It's uh, eighty grit sandpaper. Straighten up ourselves up and properly. Uh, There's a system that works for over two million people, almost three million. A lot of people have um, been through the program and have succeeded in it. Okay, let's go ahead and read our next reading and see if I haven't read it before. The uh Today's reading is... Yep, I already read it, but let me read to you a story from Recovery Chicken Soup for Recovery Soul. Touched by a higher power. Dinner was at a local Greek restaurant to be followed by dancing at one of the Walk's more popular nightclubs. It was a time filled with great food, laughter, teasing, recollections of the school week. Fully satisfied, some would leave for home while the rest of us made our way to the club. Bright, colorful lights flashed and and strobe-piercing the semi-dark room filled with people having a good time listening to a good cover of Twilight Zone, a song originally done by Golden Earring. The music was loud and party was just beginning. My hands helplessly re- reached for the concoction capable of turning man to an animal. Looking to my girlfriend, I asked jokingly, Hey, baby, do you mind if I get drunk tonight? Knowing that we live just a couple of blocks from the club, Phyllis replied, laughing, Sure, why not? I don't have too far to carry you home. Over the music, I shouted, right on you're my kind of girl the night of drinking laughter and dancing would take its toll as if i didn't have enough to drink or wasn't drunk enough already i always had to finish with a zombie or two a very potent drink of various types of alcohol and a bit of mix my laughter was now diminishing and the apparent heaviness of my heart was showing on my face Are you okay, Phyllis asked, looking like the zombie I had just drank. I replied, yeah, I'm fine. And you? Rubbing my thigh lightly as she was always had, Phyllis said, it's okay. Everything will be all right. Her eyes looked right into mine as if she could see right through me, reading my mind, seeing my soul, feeling her love and knowing that I couldn't hide anything from her, tears began to fill my eyes. Had enough to drink? I want to go home? She asked hesitantly. I answered, motivated by the thought of the damage I'd now begun to do in my drunkenness, not feeling too safe inside myself. Sure, let's go home. I I awoke in the morning and said, sad, sick, sorry, and extremely hungover, awakening again to the words that I dreaded hearing after a good night's drunk. You're not going to like yourself very much when you see what you've do- you done. Silence filled the air. I was too ashamed to even look at Phyllis for those words only meant one thing. Defeat it. Defeat it. I slowly made my way towards the living room, hoping in those few minutes the damage I'd done would somehow miraculously repair itself. Oh my God, I did this? Phyllis, scared and very concerned, asked, You don't remember? Fear gripped me as I envisioned the fury it must have taken to reap such destruction. No, why? Why did I do this? We had just left Huggy. she said. You were quite drunk and I wanted to get you home. You stopped in the parking lot across the street. I looked at you. Your eyes and your face were as if you had become a different person. I asked if you were okay. You said, yes, I told you to keep on walking. We were almost home. Not moving, you you started asking, why? I asked what you were talking about, why, what? You didn't answer. You just stared. You stared, hollering. You started hollering. Your fists were clenched, and you ran angrily towards the house. You kicked in the door. By now, you were cursing. Why? Fearfully, I asked, where were the kids when all this was happening? I found a note on the table. They spent the night at a friend's place. There was no one home but you and me, she explained. Not really wanting to know, I asked, what happened next? You began smashing everything, punching and kicking the walls. That's where all the holes are from. Walking over to the fireplace, you knocked everything into the, onto the floor. You flipped the couches and the armchair as they were paperweight, smashing the coffee table and throwing the other table around. You walked over to your weights and picked up your barbell and began repeatedly slamming it to the floor, hollering and cursing. And what were you? while you, while this was happening. Phyllis replied, right here next to you. In utter dismay at the vast devastation, I asked, Weren't you afraid? No. I began to pray, pray. You made your way into the dining room, crying, still asking, Why? Why? I just watched you. I wasn't afraid. The tone of her voice changed as she said, I really needed to talk to you about something. My spirit, already crushed, breaks itself for the worst. After doing all the damage, do you remember anything at all, she asked. Puzzled, I answered. Nothing, why? Silently, she stared at me and then continued. From where I was sitting, you were in, a, in full view. You didn't enter the kitchen. You sit in front of the doorway. Pausing again, she looked at me questionably. You began to talk to someone. Quickly, I interrupted her. You said we were alone. Yes, that's true. But as I watched you... You were motioning with your hands very clearly talking to someone. I could understand what you were saying, but I could hear you as clear as I hear you now. You spoke with the person or whatever it was about 10 minutes. Do you remember who, what it was and what it is that you talked about? Even more perplexed, I replied, no. Are you sure this is what really happened? Assertively, she she retorted. Come on now, you know me. Would I make something up like this or lie to you? Phyllis was a woman of many years of sobriety, a woman of integrity. She never played such a cruel trick on me. She continued, whatever you talked about, it must have been something good. Afterwards, you changed completely. You turned to me with an incredible look of peace back in your eyes and in your face. You walked toward me and all of the damage you had done the only thing that you picked up was the calendar with the picture of jesus on it you pinned it back onto the wall then said let's go to bed sweetheart i'm tired powerful emotions stir as i recall the night years ago and think about the places from which i have come worlds of seemingly unrecoverable loss and immense pain wondering How a hand of beauty, love, and grace could reach into darkness so vile to rescue one such as I. Tears no longer of rage and anger rolled down my face in thankfulness for the life I have now found. Sobriety, a life no longer dominated by drugs, alcohol, rage, pain. Five years each new day bringing with it it the promise of something better. With it, five years each new day, bringing with it the promise of something better. This can only be so as the words he spoke still echo somewhere deeply in my soul. This is from Godwin B. Godwin B. And the story is called Touched by a Higher Power." Children, Your Children, Released from Captivity by Gloria Copeland. Thank you for coming in today's podcast, the recording where we get a Bible education on our own, on our own time by the generosity of the internet and our people that gone before us in the things of God. Let us open this meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us for our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen i'm Fernando your host let's go ahead and begin with the first reading where well, you can find this at kcm.org this particular reading the second reading is for uh, you can find it at purchasing a book at kcm.org and that's called Limitless Love, the second book I'm going to be reading. This first book is called From Faith to Faith, Daily Devotional. Both books are devotionals. This is by Gloria Copeland. She says, she quotes scripture, Jeremiah thirty-one sixteen to 17. Thus says the Lord, refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. For the work shall be rewarded, your work, says the Lord, and they, your children, shall come again from the land of the enemy. And there is hope in thine end, says the Lord, that thy children shall come again to their own border. Jeremiah thirty one, sixteen seventeen. Jesus has redeemed us from the curse. Many of us have been taught well about that redemption where sin, sickness, and poverty in our own lives are concerned. But we often fail to realize that redemption has power over the destruction the devil tries to bring on our children's lives as well. Jeremiah 28 says The curse of the law in verses 16 and six through 68. Notice that if the curse says about children, Thy sons and daughters shall be given unto another people. And thy eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all the day long. And there shall be no might in thine hand. Verse 32. For thou shalt beget sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them. For they shall go into captivity. Verse 41. Deuteronomy 28. Verse 41. Many Christian parents are still suffering needlessly under that curse. Their children are being taken captive by drugs, alcohol, and perversions. But it doesn't have to be that way. Since Jesus broke the curse of the law, these parents have the authority in the name of Jesus to order Satan out of their children's lives. Don't let the devil run, rug shot over your children. When you see the first warning signs of rebellion in them, confess the promises of God over them and refuse to give the devil any room to operate. Remember, the children don't understand the unseen forces that are coming against them. So it's your responsibility to stand against those forces on their behalf. Exercise their responsibility, then take every opportunity to minister love to them. God knows how to deliver your children. Do your part and trust him to do his. He will bring them back from the land of the enemy. Additional reading is scripture is uh, Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 5. And let me go ahead and read those. Get those uh, successfully. Isaiah 60. Huh. Okie doke. Where'd he go? Isaiah 60. Yes. Arise, Jerusalem, let your light shine for all to see. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth. But the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to See your radiance. Look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming from distant lands. Your little daughters will be carried home. Your eyes will shine and your heart will thrill with joy, for merchants from around the world will come to you. They will bring you the wealth of many lands. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now let's go ahead and move to uh, limitless love for December the sixth. This is by Kenneth Copeland. It says, "Go out in a place of glory." Romans 14:19 says, "Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace." and things wherewith one may edify another, Romans 14, 19. As believers, we are supposed to be constantly searching for ways to build each other up. As Ephesians four sixteen says, we should be continually increasing as we edify each other in love. The Greek word translated edify means to charge, as you would charge a battery. As we edify one another, we pump ourselves full of power we grow up in strength and maturity and start taking and acting like Jesus talking too the closer we get to the end of the, of this age the more we're going to do that because Jesus is not coming back for a weak sickly strife ridden church that have been defeated and beaten down by satan He is coming back for a victorious church that is walking in the divine love and supernatural power of God. When we leave this earth in the rapture, we're going out in a place of glory. But we're not going to step into that kind of glory without first receiving the commandment of love as exactly what it is. The commandment of God, it is just as wrong to break it as it is to break the commandment that says, Thou shalt not steal, or thou shalt not kill, or any of the other commandments of God. In fact, keeping that commandment of love will keep you from breaking the others. Therefore, this one is more important than all the others combined. As long as, as in our thinking the commandment of love is just a take it or leave it, the proposition will never truly walk in it. The pressure is too great. The moment we attempt to step into the love of life, Satan will throw so many obstacles in our path, we will never stay with it. That's why God gave us the instruction to love in the form of a command. He knew that in order to do this to us, to do it, we have to know that we have no other acceptable choice. When we accept love as a command, it becomes a bit in our mouth that keeps us going in the right direction in times of pressure. It takes love out of the realm of convenience where we love only when we're treated fairly or our feelings aren't hurt, and into the realm of commitment where we walk in love no matter what happens. When we receive love as a command, we love whether anyone else does or not. No matter what the devil brings against us, we draw on the grace of God and the wellspring of love within us and obey that great command. The more we do that, though more, will be charged up with the power of God. We'll rise up like a new breed of believers and walk in the miraculous power and authority God has given us in the name of Jesus. We'll become the victorious church God designed us to be, marching forward triumphantly in a place of the glory of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Repeat after me, say, I am easily and happily in love with the Word of God. I am easily and happily in love with the Word of God. I am easily and happily in love with the Word. Amen. God bless your family. Give them heaven.